Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Jed. I hope you will join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hey everyone, this is Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate, and this is my friend, Lauren. Um, and she's here with me today because we're talking about this topic of keeping your family healthy and safe. And the reason I asked Lauren is because she is a PA, and so she has a lot of great experience to share with us. And so I just asked if I could ask her a couple questions, especially in this season as we're getting into the flu season and what we're experiencing with COVID. So I wanted just to spend a little bit of time with her today, um, asking her a few questions. And the way I know Lauren is from our church. And then also we are real estate friends as well. We've come into get to do a couple of real estate transactions together. And now she's building a beautiful house and I'm helping her with, which is so fun. So Lauren, tell us a little bit about you and your family and then your background in the medical profession. Okay. So I have been a PA for a little over seven years and I went to school to grad school at Wake Forest before, um, before that we lived overseas for a few years. Um, my husband and I, Matt, I originally always wanted to do medical care. It's kind of, I've always been interested in just healthcare. I originally, like many people, wanted to do med school, but we decided to go overseas for a while and then coming back, we just wanted to start a family and spending a lot of time in med school wasn't really uh, something that I wanted to do. So we, I like looked at my different options. Honestly, when I was in, when I was in college, I didn't even know what a PA was. I never even heard of that profession growing, I think at the time, Right. Um, but now everyone knows what it is, but so I found out about while I was overseas, learned more about it. And when it came back, came back just so that I could go to grad school. Um, and Matt went to grad school and then we were planning on going back overseas, but now we're here for at least the next, the next little bit. We'll see. So, um, yeah, I, when I was in grad school, I did a rotation with the practice that I'm at now and just really loved it. And so that's what kind of why I ended up working with them afterwards. Awesome. That's great. So now you're with a company called Doctors Making House Calls. So tell us a little bit about that and who the population they serve. So it's, uh, we do doctors, I mean, it's house calls. So we'll go to different places, but a lot, most of our population is geriatrics, just naturally um, the way it's going to be people who don't want to leave their home. We have had, I mean, I have had some younger people in the past, not many, just people with disabilities, reasons they can't go to the doctor. It's just easier for someone to come to see them. Um, we go to assisted living facilities, independent living facilities, skilled nursing, all those type places where it's just easier for someone to see them and safer for them. Someone's coming to them rather than leaving. And so it's, it's been great. It's very flexible. That is one of the biggest things that drew me to this job, um, the flexibility of it. I can go and come and my schedule with having a family is just perfect. Um, I couldn't ask for something better. I work for three days and then I teach my kids school at home the other days. And so it's been like a really, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that with any other type of job. And so it's a huge blessing to our family. Yeah, I've loved it very much. And I mean, I remember the first, I mean, this is the patient population. I didn't know. I mean, I love older people in general. They are, they're wonderful. I remember my first, one of my first patients, I walked into her home and she had a piece of paper, a pencil, a muffin, and a cup of coffee so that we could sit and talk about all of her medications and medical conditions. I love it. It's great. It's so wonderful. I, I was thinking, gosh, I would love this model for kids though, since that's the season mm -hmm. of life. I'm in. I was yeah. like, I would love this if they had it specialized towards kids. Cause like, you know, if something happened in the middle of the night with your kids and you have another yeah. kid 
home. You couldn't easily leave mm-hmm. to go to the hospital or go to a doctor. Or, yeah. I thought that would be really cool. So that's that would be my next business model. Let's do that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So as a PA, what are some common things you recommend to parents for their children's health? What I do for my kids and what I've kind of do for what I suggest to my friends, the yeah. most important thing right now is really just building their immunity with viruses. As we're seeing, there's not great treatment options, right? And so immunity is a huge way to kind of one, just all around make them healthier and two, prevent or lessen the severity of any illnesses they might get. To build immunity, the things that I would, the most common thing that I suggest is vitamins. And so vitamin D is the biggest one right now. Um, There's a lot of research. Um, You can find research against it, but most of the research will show that it is when having a higher level of vitamin D decreases the severity of illnesses, decreases the severity of viruses. It can, for COVID in general, there's been a lot of research showing that having higher levels of vitamin D in the blood have either have completely decreased the severity of the virus. And so for all of our patients and for my kids and for myself and my family, we all take um, pretty high levels of vitamin D in general. And that's definitely the number one thing. Vitamin C and zinc, those, I mean, if you see people at the hospital, they're coming, if they've been treated for COVID, they'll come back with that um, because that's been shown to decrease, you know, build your immunity and decrease your symptoms. Zinc is just a mineral that builds immunity in general. There's a newer one out. It's called, it's not really new, but it's newer to, it's, it's making the news. Um, quercetin, it's something that it's, it's a flavonoid. I don't know if that's a plant pigment. Um, and it has antioxidant properties, which is, and it's also, it's found in things like onions or apples or grapes or berries. Um, the point of antioxidant is to build and, uh, or the things nearby that repair, um, our cells whenever they have damage. So that's an important thing to do with building immunity. And if you have a virus, cause the virus is damaging your cells. So something like quercetin has been really shown to be beneficial. So I actually it's quercetin and there's another one called NAC and bromelain. So those are three things that have been shown to kind of either. So bromelain is interesting because it's actually something that's found in pineapple and that decreases inflammation and can build immunity. So those three things are something that I give my kids every day. Um, it's actually, they come, they come in like a kid's supplement. Okay. It's like a lower dose of all those mixed together. And my kids are used to eating it every day now. And I, there's like an adult one that my husband and I take and our families take. But um, so those are the, those are the big ones. Um, another very common thing that you don't even think about, but like just decreasing sugar intake. I mean, that's just good for you in general, right? Just having a lower sugar diet. I mean, obviously, but it's amazing. If you look at what studies show like 30 minutes after taking a high, like kids have, or it's just doesn't have the kids. Anyone has a high dose of sugar, like 75 or more grams of sugar, which is a decent dose. It's like, I would say that's probably like two cans of soda or something. Their immune system is dropped by 50%, 30 minutes, 50%. And it lasts for like five hours. The thing about the next time your kid's at a birthday party and they're getting like the cake and all the dream and candy to go home. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, it's crazy. And so, I mean, I just look at, I mean, I'm looking at sugar at everything like pouches. It's amazing how much of applesauce pouch will have in it. And some of that's natural sugar, but regardless, it adds up. So we do more salty snacks. That's kind of how we, we kind of go that way. We don't do juice. Um, that's a very rare occasion, but you know, things like that um, can help. And then one other thing that I think is important for kids that we ought, that we've been taught a long time ago, that was something different was with fevers. A lot of times, whenever you see someone that has like a fever, a kid of like a 99, you're like, oh, well, let me give them some Tylenol. And really, you, I mean, you could talk to your pediatrician about this too, but really you don't give a kid a 
uh, Tylenol if they have a fever. The fever is killing the bacteria or the virus. And so allowing your child to have that fever. I mean, they're not going to have brain damage to like 108. So, I mean, they might, it's not like, it's not that you want to let it get that high. Obviously you'd want to see a doctor at that point, but just knowing that allowing them that time to have a fever, that's another important thing I think for parents to understand because getting rid of the heat is not allowing your body to take its natural course to kill the bacteria virus. So interesting. Yeah. Cause it's like fever. It's like, we got to get that down, but it's like the mm-hmm. body response to fighting the virus. So interesting. So yeah, that's an, I feel like that's been a newer thing that pediatricians are advising their parents, parents of. That they're on board with and are. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, I mean, vitamins, I mean, the vitamin D definitely, I mean, it's a little easier in the summer getting it naturally, just being Mm -hmm. outside, but then doing the supplements with that. We have that as well. But then just this simple idea of lowering sugar intake Mm -hmm. overall in general for health as a, Mm -hmm. so now I'm curious, what are some of the salty snacks that you lean towards to to steer clear of the sugary ones? I think all moms know that. (laughs) I mean, veggie straws are always good, but our kids love that. I mean, you have to be careful because with carbs and things like that, if they're stuck on their teeth for a long time, you can deal with cavities. So, I mean, there's always the downside, but I would say we do a lot of goldfish. My kids love goldfish. They do Cheez-Its. I don't particularly love them personally because all the, I like more organic natural foods, but I understand that's almost impossible with kids and snacks. So that is one that um, we give them sometimes. They'll do that. They do like the Ritz crackers, which you have to look at them. Sometimes they can have sugar in them. It's amazing. Like the ones that have like stuff inside of them. And then chips in general are better than cookies. You know, that type thing. Just choosing that over. And then, I mean, if they'll eat vegetables, my daughter doesn't really. So that's hard for me. But my son loves like he'll just eat carrots, you know, things like that are another good option. Well, I feel terrible because when we were together this weekend, I gave your your water bottle of candy. And you're like, we'll talk about it in the car. We'll talk about it. Sorry about that. They forget about it. That's okay. Yeah. One thing someone um, just asked was she said, I never knew that you shouldn't try to lower a fever naturally through like a cool bath. So do you want to speak to that at all? Anna, yeah. one of my clients asked about that. So it's not that it's bad to do that. It's better. I think it's personally better than doing Tylenol. It's just that it's not, it's, that's more for comfort of your child. Right. If you're ch- so my son can hold a fever like no other. He can get up to 103, 104. He has in the past and he he's tired, but you wouldn't know it. My daughter hits 101 and she's acting like she's dying. So I think it, you know, I mean, I think it just, you know, your child and what they can handle. So it's not bad to to put them in a cool bath to make them comfortable, but it's not going to when you're lessening the fever, you're lessening your body's immune response to kill that bacteria or virus. And so it's not going to, it, it depends on what's going on with them. It's not, it might not harm them, but it's just not allowing your body to, it's, it's most, here's a better way of saying it. it will, your child will probably feel better faster if you let the, the fever go higher quicker. Does that make sense? Awesome. So I think that, I mean, this is why I want to have like you on speed dial, but I won't do that to you. I feel like every, you know, somebody has a PA they know and they're like, what should I do with my kid? But it seems like more and more pediatricians are having more like kind of help through like the web portals and like send a text Mm -hmm. picture of that weird rash that you have Mm -hmm. and let us help with that. So what would be, and maybe this is within your friend circle, um, but what is some practical advice? And you've already given us a ton of practical advice, but Mm -hmm. you give parents on a regular basis with their kids, keeping them healthy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I think one of the biggest things is teaching them to wash their hands the right Mm -hmm. way. 
I mean, it is amazing. And I think school, like just in general, people are learning or now because of what's going on, they're so much more aware. But um, my kids would be like, my son would, I mean, I have to remind him over and over and over again to use soap. It's like, buddy, you're not doing anything. So just teaching them how to do that well, seeing your ABCs, like that is a big one because they are doing all kinds of stuff with those hands. And then they're eating with them. And so my kids know that they're not allowed to touch food until they either wash their hands for 30 seconds. I make them do 30 because I don't think they can. I think they count too fast. And then, um, or use hand sanitizer. I mean, it's attached to their lunch boxes. It's attached to their book pads. I mean, it's in our car. I mean, literally, if you look in our van, there's like hand sanitizer or wipes and like within reach of every <laughs> so like just cleaning their hands. I mean, normally I would say, you know, it's okay to build some, to get some bacteria and build immunity. Yes, that's, that's a true thing too. You, you know, there's another side of using too much hand sanitizer, but the world we live in right now, you want to use it as much as you can. I think when things slow down, then I would definitely lean more towards letting them have some sort of bacteria and, you know, not getting rid of everything. But that's the bit, that's a big one. Getting good sleep. I'm amazed sometimes at, at, at this can be a controversial topic. So I don't want to talk too much, but like how kids will just like parents will allow their kids to stay up till they stay up and go to bed when they go to bed. Kids need more. I mean, look at look at the research. It's not I'm not making this up. They need more sleep. They need it. And sleep is the time that they build their immunity, their white blood cells replicate. And it's it's you net you need it. They, they have to have it. We all do, really. I mean, look at you, like how you feel if you don't get sleep and you're stressed or more likely to get sick. That's just, you know, a really important thing for them. And if you look at their, to talk about COVID for a second, if you look at COVID, there's some interesting research about melatonin and how that's helping. And I think that there's various reasons as to why that might be. But I also think just allowing your body to get good sleep allows yourself to build immunity at night. And it's the same for our kids. So I don't think you should feel, and you should definitely, I don't know every kid out there. So they should, everyone should talk to their, they always have to give that spill. Talk to your pediatrician. But um, melatonin is safe generally in kids. And so I give, if my kids are having a hard time falling asleep or have been like up and crazy and we haven't had our normal bedtime routine, I will let them have like a half a milligram. It, it affects some, my, my nieces and nephews, sometimes they need one or two. So I mean, it's a milligram. So if you know your kid and what they can handle, but. For ours, it only takes a half just to help them get past so they can get into good sleep and have a full night. Because my kids, I mean, we put them to bed at 7.30 and they're not allowed to come out till 7. Sometimes they'll wake up at 6, but they need that time and they know that that is like time that they need to be sleeping. And then it's not like that every night, but just in general, just trying to do a really good bedtime routine so your kids can sleep. That's one of the most important things, sleep and washing hands. And again, of course, I'll say it again, no sugar as much as possible. (laughs) And uh, also... I think another thing too, some people are worried about taking vitamin D for their kids. So you can take, you can get um, at-home tests because vitamin D is usually not covered by, by getting that checked is not covered by your insurance. And it can be fairly expensive if you go to your doctor and then go to a lab and no one wants to go out right now, but you can order it for like $40 online to get, it'll come to, it'll be mailed to you. Hmm. You do a little finger stick. Everybody can do that. It's a little finger stick. Yeah. And you melt it back and it'll tell you what your levels are so that you don't, you're not concerned about getting too high of a vitamin D. There's every well labs that's online. Cool. That's who we were using because I tried to order from our, I did a, what, two years ago, ordered it from my insurance and it was like $200 to get all that done. And it's like $40 if I just do it on my own. That's awesome. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, things that we know, but it's just reinforcing to us as moms, as parents, the things that we know are important to our own health and just in everyday mm-hmm. health is important to help our kids stay healthy, yeah. washing their hands, getting adequate sleep, eliminating or lowering sugar content. Yeah. That's really good. So any other thoughts? I know COVID's a 
little bit controversial. So I don't want to talk too much, but any other thoughts just on COVID as a whole and as parents and how we can keep them safe? Well, I think the main, like building your immunity, like we talked about, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, things like that. As soon as you start getting like cold symptoms, go ahead and starting the vitamin C, like one dose a day is not going to be enough. You're going to take it throughout the day. I mean, well, I'll give it to my kids. Like the, and this is, there's so much information, but, so, <laughs> but um, the type of vitamin C is important too. There's something called lipospheric vitamin C, which is, so just taking any vitamin C over the counter is not necessarily going to be as helpful as taking certain ones. It's how they penetrate the cells and how there's so much information about that. But lipospheric vitamin C is what it's generally called. It can come in powder. It can come in liquid. It can come in capsules. I mean, I have all three. And when, my, when, when we're sick, I'll give it to them like every two hours. And just like on the, every, I'll, I'll set my alarm. If they have like runny nose or allergies, I'll give it to them every two hours. And generally not not always, but most of the time it's a day and they're better. So I think just remembering vitamin C and zinc and vitamin D, those are the three most important ones. And then if they're out in public, put a mask. I mean, wear a mask. There's no reason not to. I know that's another controversial topic, but I just I just don't see why not. So uh, it is very rare to have a medical condition that would prevent that. So I would just say it's the safest thing for you and it's the safest thing to, to help others. So that's another thing that I would encourage. Um, and, you know, I think another very just natural thing to do is to panic or be fearful. But I would just encourage everyone not to be fearful and not be reactive, but just be proactive. And you can eliminate that fear by being pregnant. A lot of people feel like they just have no control. And I think that's one of the biggest things right now is we're all used to being in control to some respect and we can't, we aren't, and we have no control. So just remembering to build immunity. There are things you can do and work on those and know there are some things that are out of your control and just have to be okay with that. And then, I mean, I would put it in a biblical perspective too. And just, you know, I mean, the Lord's not going to give us anything that we can't handle. I mean, he's not going to give us anything that we hasn't equipped us to do. And so that I, I try to tell people that all the time. It's not it's not in our control, but it's not out of it. So just not being fearful and working hard to build immunity where you can. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so great. And that kind of goes into my next question, which was, is there one thing you would tell every mom to ease their mind about their kid's health? Mm -hmm. And what would that be? And I mean, I think you just said it in regards to COVID. Mm -hmm. it's like, don't let fear rule you. Do the things yeah. that we can to protect ourselves and mm -hmm. build immunity. Um, but what about in general, what would you tell moms um, as they're trying to raise healthy kids and protect them? That it's okay to make mistakes <laughs> and it's okay. Like there's no, no one's perfect. No one does it well all the time. So I would say just do the things that you can. Don't get overwhelmed and work hard to, to build immunity. I mean, that's like the biggest thing I can say. I feel like I've said over and over again, but it's just the most important thing because that is something you can do. So work at things you can do and don't worry about the things that you can't. I mean, that's easier for me because I'm not a worry. That, that's not something I do as much. But I, and I know some people do and I have friends that I remind them over and over and over again. Don't worry. And honestly, I would I have encouraged those friends of mine just like not like having a Bible verse that you can memorize and that can come to mind in those times. I don't know if everyone listening is a Christian, but that is what I do. And that is the most important thing. And that's the only thing. I mean, there's nothing that I can do that's going to control this. So I reach out to the one who can. So good. And then I was just thinking about you being overseas um, for, you know, what did you see there prof professionally, medically, that's different from here that maybe you even brought over, you know, to America to say like, I'm going to start doing this, or this is what I saw. Anything there that you would share with us? Yeah. Oh, that's, there's a lot. There's a lot I saw there. I don't think much I would bring over here. 
<laughs> the the medical care there was was a little bit third world because it is third world. And so, I mean, we would I would walk into the I remember walking into the maternity wards and women being in a big room by themselves with their mother-in-laws or their mothers. And they bring their own cloth and they were all scream. And then all the workers would just tell them to be quiet, even though they were in labor, having babies. And so just like I remember that experience and then watching babies be delivered and how they just like one by one would come into this room and they would lay on the table with their own sheets. And the doctors would bring out some sterile (laughs) equipment and help them have their baby and then send them on their way. And I was like, man, these women are tough. Like they are strong and they just there's no anesthesia. There's. After having kids, I was like, wow, they really, so I don't know if I would bring that over, but just the mentality of the the gift we have here and how much we are in a world, in a country that has a lot to offer, that gives us a lot of security, a lot of health benefits and not taking that for granted has been one of the biggest things I think I've seen from there to here. That's awesome. Yeah, it's totally different. When we went to Africa, I I think about that all the time, just how those women Mm -hmm. strap their baby on them. (laughs) Like I'm not doing so well and just worked in the fields and I know thing what they would accomplish yeah, I know. Um, being outside getting that you know just the natural vitamin D yeah. Um, yeah. using their body yeah I mean I think they're naturally healthier they're outside all the time they're working hard and you know the kids are always outside there's not anything to do inside so they're always outside I mean yeah it's a different lifestyle they're both different and good in their own ways and they both have down you know both have downsides but. and just because we're about out of time would there be anything else that you would share I mean you've shared so many little good practical nuggets for I think all of us to take away from getting making sure our kids get good sleep and we could do a whole session on that um, you know but like I was just hearing stats on that of like at least 12 hours for mm-hmm. depending on the age of the child right, right and how important that is and then just the little things that we could do of switching out their snacks to maybe saltier snacks like you're suggesting versus um high sugar content snacks. I mean there's also sugar-free cookies I found some decisions you know things out there and so it's amazing I found some cookies and that don't have that are sugar-free and my kids were just blown away they didn't know it and I gave it to them and then Joseph was like we're not allowed to have cookies and I was like well these don't have sugar in them and so it's just all excited about and it's just amazing how they do taste good I mean and there's there's um chocolate chips that have stevia versus sugar that my sister uses I mean there's a lot of options out there it's just you have it's not easy to find right away but they're out there you have to be intentional and and it takes a little bit more effort on the front end but then once you've got your kids enjoying it and it's in your kitchen and in your pantry you can run with it and then just the different vitamins that you talked about which I think is really Mm -hmm. helpful but I love the idea of like I think that Ellie might even enjoy just like singing the ABCs while she's washing her hands. So she's actually longer and more intentionally. Mm -hmm. Right. I could be guilty of not doing that as well either. (laughs) We are as well. (laughs) And then just, I think what you said just about, you know, not letting fear really run us during this season that we're in, Mm -hmm. do the things we can, we can't control the outcome. Um, I think those are all really good tips. And then just like, you know, uh, wanting to protect our kids, but at the same time, there's some things that are out of our control. So we can, Mm -hmm. the information we have, even like you said, the, the data and the um, information we're getting always is changing. Changing is changing every day. Yeah. 
and even non-COVID related. I mean, from my oh, mother, yeah. what she shares with me of like, I can't believe you guys do that with your kids. We were told to do the opposite of like, which way oh, yeah. in the crib. and Right. So we get new information, new data. So it's like we can't hold anything too tightly. We've got to have right. a hand with our kids. Yeah. But I would say, and you didn't mention this, but I would assume it just from knowing you that like modeling these things, modeling health to our kids is what's going to help mm-hmm. keep them healthy. If we're not washing yeah. our hands all day, if right. we're going to eat sugar all day, why shouldn't they? So right, right. Our kids, yeah. Right? yeah, that and exercise, like our kids, they try to exercise with us and it's funny to watch, but you know, just little things like that, just building those habits because that's something that they necessarily can't do as well now, but that they would need to do later. So just, yeah, all those active being active. Yeah. I think that's something we didn't touch on, but definitely a huge part. And I know that's a part of your family, anything we can do, you know, just to keep our body moving and and modeling Mm -hmm. that to our kids, which I think is awesome. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate just hearing your thoughts on this and the good little reminders of what we can do to help our kids. And so thank you for that, Lauren. And if there was anything today that you talked about that we can put in the show notes, let us know and we'll put those there so people can get the vitamin D test like you were talking about. It's expensive, anything like that would be great. So yeah. I'll give you this link. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Lauren. Have an awesome day. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home, where it all begins.